Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. Y'all, I think I'm addicted to this book like it's Zakia. Like, I just did an episode um, yesterday morning, and then I did another episode um, this morning, or at about 3 a.m., and now I'm doing another episode. And the reason why I'm doing another another episode is because I can't read ahead in this book without, you know, having it here for y'all. Otherwise, it loses some of the surprise, the, the angst, all that kind of stuff. I don't want to know what's coming. My wife was like, why don't you read ahead and that way you'll be able to read good. I, that hit me in my heart just a little bit, but I can't. It's like my it's like my one rule. I can't read ahead. I have to stay fair to the tenants that I've set up. Um, so 916-633-1537. Uh, ratchet and ratchet at gmail.com. Um, and Ratchet Book Club on Twitter. Uh, you can leave a review on Podchaser as well. Uh, just type in Ratchet Book Club and you can leave reviews on separate episodes. You can leave reviews on the entire uh, show if you wish. And please share us with your friends. Um, I know there's a lot more book readers out there in the world. And I just want to connect this all through the power of ratchetness. So in the last uh, episode, this nigga Gavin, after having a full week of sex with uh, Zakia. Flies back home to Texas from Portland. Um, gets there before his wife Annalise gets there. So he's able to get his car, which has been in extended parking this entire time, and pull up to pick up Annalise, who is just landing with her friends. He sees that Michaela has hickeys on her neck. And for some strange reason, this nigga wants to know why she got hickeys on her neck. Like, does he know Joe? Like, do they go back or something? Are they friends? Like, the way that it seemed like him and Michaela were set up, it seemed like they were straight up enemies. The way that it seemed. He was saying in what? Chapter 3? Um, rushing over to the mirror, Annalise primped as she told me all about the spa weekend in Los Angeles that she had planned with her homegrown Michaela. That was fine with me. It wasn't like she was giving me any fucking attention anyway. Hell, she was probably fucking Michaela with all the time they've been spending together. So, I don't know if he knew enough about her relationship to know that she was even married. Or maybe the nigga just didn't care. 
Uh, but anyways, he picks them up or picks her up. And the first thing he does is starts an argument about the next woman. Like, why does she have hickeys on her neck? And, and Annalise makes up some stupid lie about being allergic to neck pillows. And Gavin's like, no, but you know, he's, he's, he's stupid. So he stops the argument. They go home. They have a good morning. Uh, but this nigga's been having sex so much with Zakia in Portland that his dick don't work. And so when uh, Annalise, like, I'm, I'm ready to have sex for the first time in a long time because she's like, I want to repair our marriage because I saw what happened with Tommy. His dick don't work. And so she immediately goes from zero to 100 real quick and starts clowning the fuck out of this nigga. Now, the crazy thing about it is when she's clowning the fuck out of this nigga, he's so humiliated that he leaves. He's so humiliated that he leaves and he goes to work. And when he goes to work, he meets up with the one black dude in his office, uh, Pascal. Or the one person of color in his office that he can vibe with. And this nigga's dumb enough to tell him everything that happened. Like, why would you tell a nigga at your job? Like, why? You don't even know folks like that. But he tells this nigga at his job everything. And so Pascal's laughing at him. Um, saying you a player from the Himalayas and all that kind of stupid ass shit. Um, and then Gavin confessed to him that because of all the sex he's been having with Annalie or with uh, Zakia, his dick don't work no more. And Pascal's like, well, it's probably because of all the sex you've been having. But then he goes ahead and he starts clowning them too. And um, he, he's like, oh, well, the way that uh, Pascal said it, I, I was, I saw it was funny, too. I started laughing, too, because, you know, when you, when, when she says it, it's different. But you said that she was cool when she got back from her trip. Maybe she's trying to fix her, your marriage, Pascal suggested. Then again, you probably fucked that up when you couldn't get it up. Yeah, he was straight clowning me. But the shit was funny. So funny that I had to laugh too. It wasn't funny when your wife was saying it, nigga. I just don't like Gavin. I don't. All this shit is his fault. Like, seriously. The nigga's cheating in the worst way. I don't care what anybody else says. And because they keep writing it so that um, Annalise doesn't cheat. Like, she keeps getting close, but she doesn't. I'm going to say that, you know, she's still on the left side. Of the borderline. He's way over the borderline. Plus he's a creeper. So anyways. Chapter 11. Zakia Lansing. When Gavin showed right back up in Portland. Oh yeah. So he flies. When he can't get it up. He goes back home from his office. And uh, Annalise is still clowning this nigga. In fact. he She's clowning him so hard. He walks into the house. And he hears them talking about what happened in California. Um, and it wasn't nothing about what Annalise did in California. They were talking about what Michaela was doing in California, but this nigga heard what Michaela was doing and instantly said that, oh, they must've all been cheating. So he gets on Annalise's helmet and Annalise turns on him and she's like, yo, you in here ear hustling. You don't even get the information right, which, you know, is correct. He doesn't have the information right. And, uh, he's like, Starts packing a bag and she's like, run far, far, far away and I'll be safe and I'll see you when you get back. Because the nigga leaves like every week. 
Obviously, something's going on. So this nigga hops a flight to, on Southwest back to Portland from Texas to Portland and lands and gets back to uh, Zakia. And he's like, Zakia runs and jumps in my arms as soon as I got there. And I felt so loved. And you really miss me that much? And she was like, no, my car won't start. I got to pick up the kids and get some groceries. And so now here we are at chapter 11. Zakia Lansing. When Gavin showed up right back in Portland after just leaving, I was happy and thankful. Not only did I need some serious help getting my salon together, Daylinda and Deshaun needed to be picked up and I didn't have any meat thawed out for dinner. After we got both the kids, we headed over to Albertsons to do a little shopping. Gavin didn't want to get out, but when I said that I was going to leave the kids in the car with him, he hurried up and got them moving. As I pushed the basket, Gavin stayed on his cell doing what? I had no idea. It was like he had been so distracted lately and I knew it was behind Annalise. Head all in the fucking clouds when his mind should have been on me. This man was seriously testing me and things only got worse when some random chick started singing out his name in the middle of the cereal aisle. Hey Gavin, a woman's voice called out bringing my head up. Giving Day Linda a piece of candy to hush her while she sat in the basket, I held on to Deshaun's hand and turned to where the woman was. If she was about to even think about playing my man close, she had better be ready for the wrath that I was about to unleash. Gavin! Gavin Channing! She repeated with a smile and came over to hug him. Now I really wanted to know who this pop-up female was because I knew that Gavin wasn't coming to town to see anybody else besides me. As far as I knew, he didn't talk to the family he did have in Portland. So again, who the hell was this chick calling my man's name? <laughs> Tracy? Gavin repeated. Tracy, is that you? Yeah, it's been so long. Yeah, about ten years, he said with a smile. Damn, ten years, she said. You're making me feel old now. She giggled like she was so fucking amused. You look great. When Gavin complimented this Tracy chick like he was ready to get reacquainted, I wanted to slap him upside his fucking head. Who the hell was he to be dishing out praises to some random bitch with me standing right there? Like it wasn't bad enough that he hadn't introduced us. It was as if this nigga totally ignored that I was standing there with my damn kids. Wow. I haven't seen you since that day at Quickmart, Gavin said, which made this bitch's face sadden. For which reason, I did not know, nor did I care. Yeah. That was the day that Annalise's mother got killed. How's she doing? Tracy asked and then looked at me and my kids strangely. And what brings you back to town? She's good. She's back home in Texas and I'm here on business, Gavin answered nervously once I started clearing my throat. Hell yeah, I interrupted because I wanted a fucking introduction. I mean, how long was I supposed to wait for it? I didn't care if this chick knew his wife, his mama, or whoever else is in their past. I was here with them right now, not her. Excuse me. I mumbled and nudged his arm to give him one last chance to tell this girl who I was. To Gavin, I guess it didn't matter and he didn't realize how much it offended me until I moved his ass right on up out the way and spoke up. He had me fucked up if he thought otherwise. Hi, I'm Zakia, I said as I sized her up and down. She's Annalisa's sister. Gavin offered up the information so quickly that I had to look at him twice. Oh, so now this nigga wanted to speak up. The nerve of him. Then he wanted to introduce me as his wife's sister? 
Ugh. Her sister? Wow, I didn't even know she had a sister, Tracy gasped with one hand on her chest. Yeah, yeah, that's her sister on her father's side. Oh, I didn't know that she was in contact with her dad. Last time I heard, she didn't even know him, Tracy replied with her look on my man. Shit, this bitch was asking too many questions and Gavin was giving up too much of my damn business. It was time for me to get a few things straight since he was only telling what he thought was relevant. No, she wasn't in contact with my dad and she never has been. In fact, she didn't even know him and now that he's gone, she never will. I huffed as I rolled my eyes. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that your dad passed, Tracy apologized. Yeah, he did, and I don't know what you're sorry for. Hell, you didn't even know me either while you're standing here in our face acting concerned. Look. I snapped, growing angry all over again. Gavin, I swear. Um, it was nice seeing you again, Tracy. Gavin blurted as he stepped between us. Yeah, give Annalise my condolences to tell her to call me sometime. My number hasn't changed. She spoke briefly like she wanted to avoid the confrontation I was about to fly her way. She had the right one that day, and if she kept pushing me, she'd see the hood side of me when I tore that ass up. Yeah, I'll give her the message, Gavin replied as Tracy skedaddled down the aisle quicker than she came over to us. Slyly slipping his arm around my waist, he quickly guided me out of that aisle and into the next. What the hell was that about, he asked. What was that about? Oh, you mean how you didn't introduce me or anything? I reminded nastily. I was about to introduce you when you started mouthing off. You were always so insecure. Mouthing off? I ain't no fucking kid and you ain't my damn daddy. I practically hollered, causing a few heads to turn our way. And you call me insecure? Don't let that be an excuse for being straight up rude, Gavin. When? If I had known you was going to be tripping like this, I would have stayed in Texas, he huffed with his smart ass mouth. Shit, if I would have known you was going to ignore me and act like I wasn't here, you should have stayed in Texas. I can't believe you did that, I fussed. What the hell did I do? I didn't ignore you and I'm not going to keep arguing in front of a bunch of strangers, he said like he was upset. Well, I was too. I'll be waiting in the car when you're done. As he walked off and left me in the store with the kids, people were staring at me, which made me uneasy and uncomfortable. What the fuck y'all looking at? Y'all ain't never seen a couple have an argument before? Shit! I yelled and stomped off. Taking my own sweet time now that I had some peace, I didn't finish up in the grocery store until an hour later. I wasn't going to rush doing my shopping when I just got my food stamps. I was going to get everything me and my kids needed and let Gavin sit and wait until I was fucking done. He had a lot of fucking nerve walking out on me and the kids like that. I don't know what made him come back out here so soon, but my guess is that him and Annalise got in an argument. Now he wanted to bring his ass out here taking his frustrations out on me. Nobody. I wasn't anybody who could just be laid into when I was having problems elsewhere. If he was having problems with that bitch... He should have just worked him out, left the bitch altogether, or got a hotel room where the hell he was. With frustration filling my body, I pushed the cart out of the grocery store with a major attitude. When I got to the car, Gavin stepped out and helped me unload them from the cart to the trunk of the car because he knew if he hadn't, there would have been a whole different argument. Huffing heavily, I strapped the kids safely in the seats before climbing in the front passenger side. Keeping quiet, I rolled my eyes and fidgeted in my seat. 
I was so upset that I couldn't say anything to him. Not one word. That meant we headed back to my house on silent. The entire ride, my mind was whirling a mile a minute. Once we got to my place, I let the kids out of the car and helped Gavin bring the groceries into the house. After he helped me put the groceries away, I decided to cook some spaghetti. While I cooked, Gavin was on his computer and the kids were watching TV. The two of them were so quiet, I thought they had fallen asleep. I peeked in on them and they were sitting quietly watching trolls. It took me about an hour to get dinner on the table and the whole time, me and Gavin didn't speak once. It was almost like he wasn't even there. If we didn't speak during dinner, he might as well go back to his trifling ass wife. I didn't want him here if he was going to continue to ignore me for some shit he caused. I didn't give a fuck if that bitch knew Annalise. He still should have introduced me. I mean, I was standing right there. It didn't make sense for him to not introduce me, but he didn't do it. I couldn't understand why he would do that. So, whenever he was ready to fess up to that, we could have a conversation. So the three of us sat down to eat and then Gavin joined us. I didn't think he was hungry, I sarcastically said. Of course I'm hungry. I haven't eaten all day. I guess. Look, I'm sorry about earlier, he replied, asking for forgiveness. Thanks for the apology, but you didn't have to do that if you would have just introduced me to your little friend. Are we going to keep talking about this? Can we at least enjoy dinner? Yeah, we could pick this conversation up right after I put the kids to bed, I told him, only because I wanted him to have it on his mind and knew that we weren't done with this conversation. While Gavin clammed up once again, me and the kids chatted. It was cool. He could be as quiet as long as he wanted to, but he could best believe that once the kids were in bed, I was going to grill his ass and grill it good. For the next half hour, we sat at the table. Then it was time to bathe the kids. After getting tucked into bed, I headed back to the front room to talk to Gavin. Walking into the kitchen, I noticed he had put the leftovers away and cleaned up. As appreciative as I was about that, he still had some questions to answer. Thanks for cleaning the kitchen, I said. You're welcome. So, who was that woman in the grocery store earlier? Just an old friend. I haven't seen her in over ten years, he answered. So, why didn't you introduce me instead of running your mouth off, I asked. I even cleared my throat. All you had to do was say, this is my girlfriend, Zakia. How could I introduce you as my girlfriend when she knows I'm married to your sister? How many times do I have to tell you that that bitch ain't my sister? My daddy may have accepted her as his daughter, but that don't mean she's my damn sister, I said angrily. Well, she is your sister. No, she's not, I said through clenched teeth. Do you want me to go home, Zakia? Is that what you want? He called himself threatening. Because if it's not, you show not acting like you want me here. I do want you here. It's just that what you did earlier today really pissed me off, I replied. And I apologize for that. I don't know what else you want me to do or say. Just don't do it again, Gavin. I really care a lot about you. I don't want to lose you, but if you don't really want to be with me, I think you should be honest with me. I do care about you, Zakia. It's just a complicated situation with me being married to your... Stop! Because if you say my sister one more time, I warned angrily. I wish she'd never come into my life. She fucked everything up. 
If she hadn't come into your life, I would have never met you. Do you have regrets about meeting me too? No, of course not. Walking over to me, Gavin placed his lips on mine. I was anxious to squash his argument and get on to doing what we were good at. Having sex. He must have been thinking the same thing when he scooped me up and carried me to the bedroom. As we stripped down to nothing, we couldn't wait to get the party started. Wasting no time, Gavin stabbed my wet kitty with his strong, short penis making me moan loudly in pleasure. Gavin pounded me in a rhythm and oddly my thoughts went to him staying with his wife. Something had to be wrong for him to keep coming all the way to Portland just for sex. Annalise couldn't have been giving it to him. Well, whatever reason he returned back to my house so soon, I was going to take full advantage of that. Having Gavin here on a full-time basis was the ultimate goal. That was just what I needed. Being with him took away all the stress I was just feeling. Between him not leaving his wife and Dalo threatening to sneak up on me, sex with Gavin was the only way to clear my mind. Afterwards, I was able to relax and fall asleep in his arms for at least a few hours. Then there was a loud pounding at the door to woke me right up. It scared me and pissed me off at the same time. My heart raced as I hopped up out of Gavin's arms. As the loud snores escaped his slobbery mouth, I snuck to the door thinking the worst. Please don't let this be Dalo. I whispered with each step I took in my furry Ugg slippers. Pushing the long twist out of my face, I stole a look from the side blinds. Soon as I saw my cousin Tanisha's head pop up with her makeup smearing her hair all over the place, I screamed so loud that I knew Gavin had to have heard me. Hurrying to open the door once I saw that she had her two kids with her, I asked what was going on. Judging by the tears and snot, I knew she'd been crying. My apartment caught on fire. My purse and everything was in there. I can't get a hotel and we don't have anywhere to go. Lord knew that I loved my cousin Tanisha to death, but to let her up in my house while I had a man was a no-no and I knew it. Especially with that man being my sister's husband. What other choice did I have, though? Leave her and her kids out on the street? That wasn't how I was raised, so I definitely couldn't do that to her. Her kids were about the same age as my two, so I knew exactly how I would feel if I was in her shoes. Did you call Aunt Joni? I said as I stepped aside for her and the kids to come inside the house. Yeah, and she said that me being clean all this time don't mean shit to her after I stole her TV. I don't blame her, but damn, Zakia, my kids... Tanisha cried as Gavin came down in nothing but his boxers to see what was going on. Oh, fuck, he said, looking all embarrassed and shit. I don't know why, though. He was blessed between the legs. Tanisha saw that shit, too, and I knew she did because I caught her sneaky ass peeking. Yeah, she wasn't going to be staying here longer than this one night. After that, her and her kids are going to have to get a hotel, even if I had to pay for it myself. Now, before I get to the obvious stuff, um, is it Uchi Wally or is it one mic? Because you're saying that he's blessed between the legs when he walked down the stairs in his boxers. But before that, you said that he had a strong, short penis. So, which one is it? Also, uh, Tracy popped up out of nowhere just long enough to have a little hey and then pop right back out. And long enough for Zakia to go fucking crazy. Like, come on now. Just the same way, Tommy, you need to know his place is a side piece. You need to know your place is a side piece. I don't care what kind of feelings you're starting to 
accumulate or accrue or whatever. You don't do that. <clears throat> you don't fight your way to the front. Now she's going to remember meeting you. And also, Gavin, you could have introduced her as your girlfriend. It's been 10 years, soldier. You could have introduced her as your girlfriend. Tracy ain't know you were married to Annalise. Tracy barely even remembers Annalise. Tracy still got her same telephone number, so Tracy ain't left the hood. Which means Tracy and Annalise ain't been in no connection. So, why'd you have to lie? I don't know. For this nigga to be such a smooth-ass lawyer, he sure does panic a lot. And so, he um, wasn't 100% in the wrong uh, for that because the way Zakia acted was straight up out of pocket. That whole trying to fight niggas in the Albertsons ain't the lick. I can tell y'all right now that Albertsons is not the kind of story you want to get in a fight in. Um, they they call the cops quick. Like, I think they may have security in there already. But, like, you trying to buck up against somebody because you don't get introduced, that's just childish. Like, you need to grow up. Like, but that's the thing. She's still a child. She's like, what, 22, 23? Like, she's still youngish. So, this nigga, you... You mess with young girls, you get young things. Let's put let's put it like that. And he's out of pocket for not introducing her. Um, she's out of pocket for the way she responded. She wild for calling his dick strong and short. I've never heard a dick be called strong and short before. Um, and then turning right around and being like, yo, he's blessed between the legs. I don't know. But Tanisha, yeah, I'm sorry, her house burned down or her apartment burned down. How did the apartment burn down? Did it take all the rest of the apartments with it? We probably won't find out. Chapter 12, Michaela Easton. So let me get this right, Annalise. You and Gavin argued earlier and he just up and left and you ain't seen or heard from him since? I asked as I put on my Bluetooth headset so I can make dinner for my family. Yeah. Kind of like you did with Joe when we was in California, Michaela, Annalise Clown. That nigga Tommy came clowning, got locked up for doing the dumb shit, and you ran right after him. Then came back with all that shit on your neck. While you over there worried about Gavin leaving, you need to worry about not being caught by Joe. That was not supposed to happen. Joe ain't seen that shit yet? Hell nah. And now I gotta walk around with some damn turtleneck on in the month of April in 70 degree weather. How long you think that's going to last? You can't shower in it and you can't sleep in it. Shit, bet I do. I laughed and looked around for the kids since my husband still had another hour or so to come in from work. Wrapping up my call with Annalise so I could finish up everything I needed to do before Joe and the kids walked in the door, I placed my cell on the counter and smiled at my flowers. Since Joe couldn't pick me up from the airport or greet me at the house, he had a beautiful bouquet waiting for me when I got home. He had him sitting out to surprise me. Sticking my nose in the middle of the bunch again, I inhaled deeply. They smelled so good and oh how I love me some flowers. My smile stayed steady as I saw the note that he left beside the vase that I hadn't noticed before. Lifting it up, I opened it and began to read the heartfelt words that my husband wrote just for me. Hey babe, I wish I would have been there when you got back from your trip, but I had a very important meeting this morning. I missed you so much while you were gone. My bed was lonely and I slept on your side the whole time you were away. I'm going to pick the kids up from aftercare around 6 and we'll be home right after. I can't wait to see you. Love your husband, 
Joe. Seeing that he took the time to write this instead of sending me a text message meant the world to me. I remember when we first started dating, he used to write me love notes all the time. Since we had gotten married, he hadn't been writing me too many notes, so this is a welcome surprise. Excited about the note and the beautiful flowers made me feel like a schoolgirl, all giddy and shit. Welcoming the feeling, I quickly made my way to the bathroom and searched my good MAC makeup when my phone started ringing. First things first, I needed to get these red marks on my neck covered up before Joe came home. Wearing the turtleneck was only going to raise questions, so I tossed that idea right out the window as I rubbed the brown skin powder base on my neck. Makeup worked wonders, but I still prayed it would do the job I intended it to do. Yes, I cheered now that I could barely see the marks at all. As long as I kept Joe in a less lighted area, I wouldn't have anything to worry about. Ring, buzz, ring, buzz. My phone started ringing, so I checked to see who it was. When I saw that it was a private caller, I answered with an attitude. What, Tommy? I just wanted to make sure you made it home safe, he said. I'm fine, but I done told you that more than once already. You can't keep calling me like this. What if my husband had been home? But he isn't. I'm not sure why you're always so worried about that man when he don't even please you like I do. That man is my husband, Tommy. He's also the father of my children. I'm not trying to lose my kids behind some dick. It's not just some dick. It's the best dick you ever had, remember? I don't care if it's a presidential dick. I'm not going to lose my husband and kids because of it. I huffed and took the chicken out of the oven. That's what your mouth is saying right now because this show wasn't saying that shit back in California, Tommy teased, but wasn't shit funny and now wasn't the time to be taking no trips down memory lane. That was vacation and now I was home where reality had kicked in. Look, Tommy, if you can't respect my boundaries, I'm going to have to leave you alone. I didn't get into this with you to start a relationship. Well, too fucking late for all that shit now, Michaela, because what the hell we in now? We go out to eat together, we sleep together, we love each other. That's a relationship. Wait a damn minute, Tommy. I care about you and all that, but make no mistake about it. I love my husband and my kids. I am not about to walk out on them. You could bring the kids with you, but I know you love me, Michaela, so don't sit on this fucking phone and tell me that you don't. What was this fool saying? Better yet, what had I gotten myself into? I loved my husband, and I love my kids even more. Tommy needed to understand just where he stood and where I stood in my marriage. I'm not going anywhere with you, Tommy. You are seriously tripping, I hissed, checking the time. It was already six, and I knew that Joe would be home soon. Meet me now, or I'll have to come over there. The choice is yours, Michaela, he threatened. I couldn't believe this shit. This little young motherfucker was trying to blackmail me and there wasn't shit I could do since he knew where I lived. It wasn't like I could call his bluff after he already shown up uninvited with his disrespectful ass. It was that damn dick that was the devil and I had to stay far away from that shit and repent to get myself right before I lost my damn family. Fucking with Tommy was no good and I knew it. Now if I could only find a way to stay clear of him. You got one hour to meet me. I gotta feed my kids. <laughs> Can you bring me a plate? He asked, pushing it. 
Why would I look like bringing this boy a damn plate when I didn't want to go meet him in the first place? Sure, I should have just told him to kick rocks. But then I would have to explain everything to Joe. I wasn't ready for that shit. Look, Tommy, I'm going to meet you in an hour or so. But after that, you got to fuck with me on my terms or not at all, I told him sternly. Alright, I got you, baby. He laughed, hung up, and then texted me with the address to meet him. Right away, I knew it was a hotel we frequented. Whatever he had in mind was not going to happen. Not tonight. It was bad enough that I had to dip out on my kids and husband while hiding my damn neck, and now that nigga expected me to have sex with him. Where are you going, baby? Joe whined as he hugged me tightly. I missed you so much. We did too, mommy. The kids chimed in, making me feel guiltier about leaving. I missed you too, Joe, and I promised to be back by the time you unpack, bathe the kids, oh, and yourself. I teased with a wink and a kiss, causing our three kids to giggle. Even the baby. After dishing out love to every one of them, I grabbed my keys and left the house to go see what the hell Tommy's problem was. The closer I got to the hotel, the angry I became. There ain't that much good dick in the world, I chanted, reminding myself that sex with Joe wasn't that bad at all. It was just that we needed to add a little spice to it. I had learned quite a few tricks while fucking with Tommy's young ass. Maybe I could use some of those new maneuvers on my husband, and that would give us the added momentum that we needed to get our sex life and marriage back on track. I was just a little dissatisfied with how things were going, but I was about to lose my family because of my lust for some dick. Whatever I had to do, I was willing to do it in order to save my family. What the hell, I whispered as I parked in the lot, got out and found Tommy out front waiting on me. Taking me by the hand there in public had me paranoid. We were in our hometown and I knew too many folks would just be casually holding hands with just anyone outside of my husband. Shaking my hand loose, I cut my eyes and followed him up to the suite. Soon as we entered the room, I was ready to lay it all on the line by breaking it off with them. Only Tommy wasn't going for it. You think you could just take a nigga's heart and just stomp on it? You just want to use a nigga? He huffed, getting so upset that I felt sorry for what I had done. It wasn't like I purposely used him, but when I thought about it, that was just what I did, and now I want it out. Tommy wasn't about to let that happen, though. So, to buy some time, I did like I always did and had sex with him to shut him up. That way, I was able to leave there within an hour and shoot home. Let me walk you out to the car then, Tommy offered, throwing on his clothes and shoes. No, I got it, I snapped. If you can't respect my marriage, we're going to have to cut this off, Tommy. Here we go with this shit again. Man, I'm getting so sick of your threats to leave. Like, damn, he complained as he stopped me from going out the door to sweep. Is this enough to show you that I'm serious? Out of the blue, this little young-ass fool went and whipped out a damn diamond ring so big I had to look twice at it to make sure it was real. Letting curiosity get the best of me, I took it from his hand to test the weight of it. Why would you go and do this shit when you know I'm already married, Tommy? I whined, admiring the beautifully cut diamonds that were in a circular setting. In the middle sat a stone that had to be over three carats by itself. Just take it and think about what I'm offering you. No, I'm not about to take this shit, Tommy, I insisted, trying to shove it back in his hand. When he refused to take it, I politely set it on the table near the door. Now, can I leave? Nope. 
Not until you take this ring with you. You ain't got to wear it right now, but when we're together, it'll be nice to see you with it on your finger, baby. He smiled even though there wasn't even a damn thing that was funny. I was ready to bust him in his head and run with him acting crazy like this. I'm leaving, and I'm not taking that fucking ring either, Tommy. What part of I'm married don't you understand? You keep making shit harder than it has to be, and I don't know why. Leave it here, then. That's what I plan to do. You got me fucked all the way up if you think I'm taking that shit back home with me, I fumed. Leave it, then. And I'll just show up at your front door with this motherfucker. I looked at him like he had lost his fucking mind. I mean... What kind of game was he playing? Try me if you think I'm playing. He said it so calmly, but the threatening look he gave me overpowered that shit. This fool is seriously crazy. Give me the damn ring and let me go. I got kids to take care of. Yo ass is tripping, I huffed, snatching the door open. This time Tommy didn't try and stop me, but he made sure to yell down the hotel hallway. Love you, baby. See you tomorrow. The hell he would if I had to get a restraining order on that motherfucker, and that's what I was going to have to do. I was sick and tired of this bullshit. Too upset to go home right then, I shot on over to Annalise to confide in her. Oh, and to get a damn drink. My nerves were wrecked. Showing up at her house ten minutes later, I caught her in the middle of searching for the listing of her property in Portland. While she did that, I told her all about what Tommy was doing. Michaela, I done told your ass too many times about fucking with that young boy. After you got him out of jail in California, I promised myself I was going to stay out of that shit. But Annalise. No, Michaela, no buts. Then you not only met him at the hotel, but you screwed him and accepted a fucking ring from him. Yep, you just as crazy as he is. I just want to know how to get out of it without Joe finding out, I pleaded. He keeps threatening to come to my house and shit, knowing that I have a family. Oh, now you're worried about Joe. McKinley, you should have been worried about your husband. I don't know how you could have gotten yourself in a situation with a husband and kids hanging in the balance. You know how much Joe loves you. Please stop. I came to you for support and you're making me feel worse. I'm sorry, but nothing about this shit is supposed to make you feel good. From what you tell me, Michaela, I don't see that boy letting you go anytime soon, but I'm going to pray for you. And this fool Gavin, too, if I don't find out where he has my fucking house listed, Annalise went on and on. I tried to keep up with what she was telling me, but the shit with Tommy was making me so uneasy that I couldn't concentrate. Shit, I needed to be the one praying, praying that my husband never found out about this shit. What the fuck was I thinking? Annalise was right, and I should have listened to her. I should have never gotten involved with Tommy. He was just too young to understand the importance of my marriage and kids. I should have talked with my husband about my concerns and let him know how unhappy I was with the sex. He would have understood because that was the type of man he was. Damn it! Why didn't I listen to my best friend? Alright, y'all gonna have to color me confused on this one, because, um... She talking about why didn't she listen to her best friend, but... Let's see here. Annalise Channing. That was chapter 5. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, chapter 5 when she was talking about how her and her her best friend, her BFF, um, ain't happy at home. 
and haven't been for some time. If I want to mingle while we're out here, I'm going to do that without having to hear your mouth too. So, what? Are we encouraging her? Are you Tessa now? Is that what's happening? Like, when did this suddenly happen where you like, oh, you need to respect your marriage? Like, nigga, no. No, no, no. You don't, what? See, that's those gaps in these books. It's just like, ain't nobody going to call her on that. Why didn't I listen to my best friend? Because your best friend brought you and and Blakely and Anthony back to that pool to get fucked. That's why. Your best friend ain't about that life. Your best friend ain't helping you. This is crazy. Also, Tommy, yeah, okay, he might be a little bit over the edge, but... I mean, there ain't no other way to put it. The nigga's wild for you. The nigga's in love, and he's young, and he's stupid. And yeah, he might be a... He, he's a stalker. He's a fucking stalker-ass, stalkery-ass, stalking nigga. But you knew all that in California, so why the fuck did you bail him out? Why'd you go and drop the charges? See, and now you're talking about Joe is such a good man and all that kind of stuff. Like, okay, so I'm going to tell you all like this. Personally, if my wife comes to me and says, hey, I feel like our sex life is a little bit mundane. I need us to spice it up a little bit. I need to add a few things. You know what I'm going to say to her? Hell motherfucking yeah. Does that mean we get to do the wheelbarrow? That's that's what I'm going to say personally. But what I'm not going to do is uh, get mad because my wife says our love life isn't where it needs to be. I'm going to listen. And so with Joe. Joe seems like a really good dude. Like Gavin's a dickhole. But Joe, Joe is an innocent. And I hope he finds out. Oh my God, I hate cheaters. And I hope he finds out. And I hope he gets the kids. And I hope everything falls apart. She literally has no leg to stand on. She was like, our love life is boring. Motherfucker, teach him something. Bring him a book. Watch her porn together. Go to a strip club. Get some toys. There's so many ways for you to make your love life better than what you are currently doing right now. Which is finding another person and getting them involved in your shit. And now you have a third party involved in your shit. And that third party wants more than what you're willing to give them. Even though you were willing to give him everything before and you had no worries about him showing up at your house. Really. Really. Like you acting like you had problems with him, but you still fucked him on your table. You didn't tell him to get out. You didn't tell your husband he was in the house. You didn't say none of that shit. You just fucked him. On your kid's breakfast table. And now you're talking about you want to get out. This dude is in love with you, like straight up and down in love with you. He's young. You don't put it on him if that's how you want to say it. Or you've shown him the attention that he's never had before. And now he wants to marry you. He's young and successful. And nigga, you, you, you looked at that rock. You looked at that ring. And you considered it. You don't deserve Joe. Damn. This shit is so upsetting. I love it. <laughs> uh, motherfucker thinks she's going to be able to wear a turtleneck, kissing her husband, her husband leaving her a letter talking about, I hope you enjoyed the flowers. I hope you liked the trip. I miss you. I slept on your side of the bed, blah, blah, blah. 
She tells him to get ready and, and bathe up and all that kind of stuff. And then she leaves for like fucking four hours. Nigga, you don't think he's going to start to suspect something? I hope he suspects something by the next fucking chapter that y'all have together. Please don't make it something where Tommy shows up. I don't want Tommy to get hurt by Joe. I don't want Joe to get hurt by Tommy. I just want Joe to find the fuck out and leave Michaela. That's all I want. This is some good ass shit. It's your world. 916-533-1537. Uh, wretched and Ratchet at gmail.com. Uh, ratchet Book Club on Twitter. You can leave a review at podchaser.com. Uh, just go ahead and type in Ratchet Book Club. Thank y'all so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all have a good day. I'll holler at you later. Peace. and outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know by now that you slipped.